Blessings one and all, and welcome to the Infinite Journey Podcast. I'm Paul James Caden, and today we're going to be talking about how the angels always hold you in their hands. And I really think that this is not only an important subject to talk about, but it's also a very comforting subject and one that inspires and encourages our faith to grow. You know, a day last week, I had done a podcast talking about angels, and someone emailed me who had listened to the podcast, someone who believes in God, believes in angels, and they said, you know what the sad thing about the world is right now, is that most people look at beings such as God or the angels as some fictitious characters from the land of Oz. They're just not looked at as even being a reality in our world anymore or a reality in our lives anymore. And, you know, when I read those words by uh, that individual, I said, man, you know, that really is true. And I think this is why so many people are following after the things that they're following after today and becoming so belligerent and angered, you know, angry and lost and frustrated because all their faith has been taken away from those higher ideals, those higher realities, and put only in the things of this earth. And, you know, that is something, ladies and gentlemen, that can only and will only take us so far. We need to know that our real home is out there and that there are visitors from that other home who sometimes intervene in our lives and just bring us the most beautiful and wonderful faith-affirming experiences. Now, some people may say, well, that's all fantasy, that's all hallucination, people making it up. But you have to realize that through the centuries, through the millenniums, people have reported encounters with otherworldly beings, life-saving encounters, encounters that bring courage, encouragement, guidance. Have all these people hallucinated the same thing throughout almost since the beginning of the dawn of mankind? Now, I understand and I agree that there are some angel encounter stories and near-death experience stories that I've read that they're a little bizarre and they're a little hokey. But then there are those other ones that just always resonate with a certain message that people have heard throughout the years. Those stories that just meet us where we live. And you can hear or read the sincerity and the gratitude in the words or hear it in the voices of the people telling these stories, the people that live them. You just know 
when the person has been touched by something that utterly and completely changed their life. And I want to talk about some of those encounters today and also about the reality of these beings we call angels that are always around us and that intervene in our lives and step into our world and make themselves known more than we realize. And I'd like to start this podcast out by reading from a daily devotion that I've been reading through uh, this year. It is called Angel Courage by Terry Lynn Taylor. And this was really kind of the cherry on the cake that spurred me to do this podcast today because it really sums up a lot of things I've been thinking about as I've been praying every day, you know, for me and my family and our loved ones, for angelic protection, for the presence of God in our lives, reading a lot of accounts from other people that have experienced angelic visitations. And today's daily devotional just really encapsulated some of the things that I've been thinking about, that heaven always holds us in its hands, and that no matter what happens to us, no matter what we go through, it will not let us down, and it will be there to catch us in the end. So today's entry in Angel Courage by Terry Lynn Taylor is from October 20th, and the heading, the title of this devotion today is Let It Happen. And it reads, An Angel Reminder So you must not be frightened, dear Mr. Kappas, if a sadness rises up before you, larger than any you have ever seen. If a restlessness, like light, cloud, and shadows, passes over your hands and all that you do, you must think that something is happening with you, that life has not forgotten you, that it holds you in its hand. It will not let you fall. And these are the words of Rainer Maria Rilke, Letters to a Young Poet. The devotion goes on to say, Many times we have frightening or disturbing feelings that we fight to avoid or eradicate. The supreme wisdom of the poet Rainer Maria Rilke knew that every emotion or sensation we experience as humans has the power to lead us to where we were not planning on going, or even to transform us into new, stronger, and more creative beings. This is good to remember when we are going through painful times, even if there seems to be no good reason 
to be suffering. We can let the suffering take us to a new place. The angels ask us not to avoid uncomfortable feelings or to distract ourselves from them, but rather to have the courage to meet them head on and let them lead us on a journey whose destination, though seemingly unknown, is surely known to the soul. The next time you have a frightening or disturbing feeling, try taking Rilke's advice and let the feeling take you where it will without attempting to block or eradicate it. As Rilke reminded his young poet friend, remember that sickness is the means by which the organism frees itself from foreign matter. So one must just help it to be sick, for that is progress. An angelic reflection. I know that sadness is often a prelude to transition and transformation. You know, as I read that devotional, it really does remind me how so much of the time as human beings, we always run from our feelings if they're not always elated or happy or positive. So many people today, even good friends, if you hear people talking and one of the individuals has a problem or they're feeling down, the other friend will just tell them, well, let's not get into that, or, well, that's negativity. Let's talk about something positive. We're so triggered that we don't even want to talk about or hear the mention of sadness or trials or something that someone else is going through, let alone ourselves. And I think this is why so many people, when they do inevitably face a challenge in their lives or faced with their own mortality or the mortality of a loved one, they completely crumbled because they're so unprepared for that moment. It's almost like they allowed themselves to live in a bubble where they believe nothing bad will ever touch them. But this is life, ladies and gentlemen, and sometimes things are going to happen. But should we be afraid? Should we be petrified of the unknown? Should we avoid those seemingly negative conversations and situations like the plague? Should we look at them as God punishing us or the devil coming after us? Or do we need to be more reasonable about these things and just understand that this is life in a material world where things break? People become ill. Sometimes people die. Situations are not always friendly. But are we left alone? when we're feeling sad, when we're sick, when whatever's happening to us. History seems to paint 
a different and a very positive picture that says we're not. Let's talk about the story of a gentleman whose name was John. He was a gentleman in his mid-50s, and he had a knee and hip injury. But every fall, he liked to go out hunting, particularly during the pheasant season. But he always knew that when he went out hunting, he usually went with a group of friends But if he went on his own, he knew that he could only walk in the woods for about an hour, hour and a half, and then he would have to head back to his vehicle and go home because his knee and his hip would start having a lot of pain. So one day in November, John was out hunting on his own, walking down a wooded path when he had flushed out a grouse and he followed it. Uh, Despite it getting late and he was out there a little bit longer than he should have been. But he said to himself, well, I'm on the right path. Uh, I know where I am. I can easily make it back to my car. I'm just going to follow this bird and see if I can bag this grouse. Well, it ends up he doesn't bag the grouse. He thinks he knows where he is, but walking back to the car, he finds he's been walking in a circle and he's lost. It's November, nighttime comes very early, darkness falls, it's cold, he can't see, his knee and his hip are in excruciating pain, and he's wondering how he's going to survive the night. It's very cold, he, does, he only has a light jacket on, a light camouflage jacket, when suddenly he hears a voice that speaks in his mind and it tells him go to the top of the nearest highest hill and look for the light now he hears this in his mind but he decides well maybe that's a good idea so there is a rather uh, large hill nearby that he journeys up he stands on top of the hill he doesn't see a light And he says, well, you know, I guess that was uh, not such a good idea in just my own hopeful imagination because there's not a light to be seen anywhere. But then all of a sudden he turns and he sees this light in the distance. And he thinks to himself, wow, you know, this, this is incredible. So he starts walking toward the light. He soon emerges out of the woods and he's on the road where his car is parked so he gets in his car he you know turns on the heater full blast he drives down the road and he says well you know what is the source of this light and he it's nighttime he he drives up and he sees this field which was an empty field you know previous but uh, here's all these people building a house the lights are all on inside, the, the floodlights are on outside, there's people outside uh, cutting wood and, you know, doing construction work in the middle of the night with these big, you know, overhang lights to see. 
And he says, oh, wow, you know, lucky, uh, lucky for me, you know, that, that they're out there, you know, in the dark uh, working on this house. And uh, he goes home. He thinks nothing of it until a couple of days later, there was a farmer uh, that lived near that uh, particular field that uh, John bought hay from every fall. Uh, I don't remember what the reason for that he would buy the bales of hay from this farmer. And uh, he went and he was talking to to the farmer and he said, you know, when did they start building the house down there and that, that empty lot in the field? You know, I was, uh, you know, I was lost in the woods the other night. I was, I was uh, hunting. It got late. I got lost. I got turned around. And if it weren't for all the lights they had on out there doing work in the, the you know, at nighttime, I don't know that I would have gotten out of the woods. And the farmer looked at him funny and he said, well, what are you talking about? There's nobody building a house down there. There's never been a house on that lot and there isn't one now. And uh, John looked at him and said, I, I, are you sure? You know, and he, he went, he knew exactly where it was. So he, when he left the farmer's house, he went to where this house was being built. Absolutely nothing. Empty lot, no house, not a soul to be seen. So is this coincidence? Is it made up? I tend to think not so. Because there are so many, so many stories of people that are very similar to this one that encountered something or a person that just was unexplainable. I remember one story that I read years ago of... Uh, it was a woman who was hiking. She was out on a hiking trail. And uh, she, too, got nighttime. She got turned around, and, you know, she couldn't find her way out of the woods. And she was praying. And suddenly she saw a light in the woods, and, she, you know, she looked into the woods, and she saw very clearly uh, this bright light uh, standing on this, this little knoll, you know, out in the woods, and it was shaped like an angel. It was a person with the, the wings, you know, unfurled, coming, you know, out of its back. Just pure, bright, white light. But when she would get close enough to get a closer look, it would suddenly not be there and be farther off in the distance. And as she followed uh, this lighted being, this lighted angel in the woods, eventually she found herself being led out of the woods and the light was gone. The angel was gone. And, uh, you know, I, I love reading stories like this because I find them so inspirational. And they're just confirmation that God, that the angels truly do hold us in their hands at all times. And no matter how tragic the circumstances they're always there to help us in one way or the other. Another story I read just the other night was about a woman named Susan. She was m married to a man who was always kind of distant. Uh, it, it wasn't a great marriage. He worked a lot. He was uh, kind of absent in the home most of the time. There wasn't a lot of affection. But they ended up having a child. 
And one evening, uh, her husband worked during the day and then part-time at a gas station at night. And she was a stay-at-home uh, mother. So one night, the uh, the baby became very ill, you know, was spiking a fever that was getting up around, you know, 104, 105. Uh, she got very panicked. She packed up the baby, you know, heading to the hospital. And she said on the way to the hospital, she stopped at the gas station to inform her husband that she was taking the baby to the emergency room. But when she pulled into the gas station parking lot, and it was nighttime, she saw her husband standing out front of the gas station embracing and kissing another woman, a younger woman. Completely exasperated, scared for her baby, not knowing what to do. She didn't even stop. She just left and went to the hospital. Well, it turned out when she got to the hospital, they gave the, the baby fluid, they gave you know medication, but the fever would only come down maybe one degree. And the, the baby was very ill. And, you know, Susan ended up spending the night in the hospital by herself with the baby. And uh, she had asked the nurse, she said, is there anything I can do to help? You know, my, you know, my baby is so sick. So the nurse brought her a, a pitcher of ice water and a little syringe and said, just try to drop this, you know, in, in, in the baby's mouth, you know. If he swallows some, you know, it'll help to, to cool down the body. So there sat Susan, you know, holding her baby, you know, trying to uh, get the the uh, droplets of water in his mouth. And uh, she writes in her story, it was very difficult to fill the syringe, you know, holding the baby in one one arm, trying to fill the syringe with the other. When suddenly she heard a voice that said, here, let me help you with this syringe. And she looked up, and there was her younger sister. And uh, I think the sister na sister's name was Kathy. And she said, oh, my God, Kathy, you're, you're here. You know, this is so great. I'm so glad that you're here. And, uh, you know, her sister's filling the syringe and handing it to her. And she's, you know, uh, giving the drops of water to the baby. And finally, you know, the, the fever breaks, and, you know, all is well. And uh, it was a couple days later, you know, the, the baby's released from the hospital. They go home. She sees her sister and she, you know, Susan tells her sister, man, I was so grateful, you know, when you showed up uh, the other night and was helping me with the syringes of water. You know, I was really beside myself. I felt, you know, so alone. My husband wasn't there. He didn't even bother coming to the hospital. I'm so grateful. And her sister looked at her and said, what are you talking about? I was, I was never there. Uh, you know, at night helping you with the, with the syringe, you know, that, that never happened, you know, it just, it just never happened. So, uh, again, we have, uh, this notion where Susan believes, Hey, this, this was an angel that came to her in her time of need and helped her, you know, with her infant son to nurse him back to health. And that the angel came to her in a form that would be comforting to her. Which is another story we, we hear throughout these angel encounters. That when people see the angels, they're often in a form that is non-threatening to the person. You know, something that someone can relate to. 
or brings them comfort. You know, there's this story that was in the news, speaking of angels in the hospital. I think this was about a year ago where there was someone. I don't remember uh, what the issue was with this person, uh, whether it was a car accident or an illness, but they weren't uh, expected to make it. And they were, you know, in the ICU. They were actually uh, unconscious. And I remember reading this online, and it was actually um, in the news media, of all things, where uh, one of the nurses looked in the monitors in the ICU and saw this bright being. And they, they showed the picture, you know, um, in the story, it looked like an angel of light just standing outside of the, uh, the room of this person that was ill. The nurse said she went back there. There was no one there. She walked back, looked at, looked at the monitor, and here's this radiant-looking being standing outside the ICU room. And the next morning, the person, whatever was wrong with them, car accident, illness, uh, whatever, whatever the reason they were in the ICU, uh, made a sudden turnaround. They became conscious. They, they healed. Uh, no issues. They went home. So this was like... A story of a miracle, a miraculous healing in a hospital. And the nurse that was on duty that night, the, you know, the family, everybody who saw the picture said, you know, they believed that this was an angel, you know, bringing healing to this individual in the ICU. So these things happen all the time to people. You might want to go back, and uh, I don't know how far down in the podcast queue it is uh, where you, you might be listening on, on social media or one of the podcast platforms, but uh, I did a show uh, a couple years ago, and I, and I still have it here on the podcast uh, down in the queue always. It's called Those Mysterious Strangers That Were Never There, where I had a guest, Stan Wangland, and we talked about this. Um, uh, this phenomenon where these people show up and just help someone out of a dire situation and then they're just gone. You know, no trace of them. You know, these these stories are just everywhere. But the thing is, we, we don't open our eyes to see or to hear or to know or we've become so cynical that we say, oh, you know, that was just, you know, hallucination. But I don't believe so. I don't believe so because of my own experiences I've had in my life. Other people that I know, stories that I've read, they're all too similar to say this is just mass hallucination that people have over and over again. These beings do show up. Sometimes they look just like you and me. Sometimes they look like angels of light. Sometimes they look like children. But they do appear. They do make themselves known. Sometimes to the living. Sometimes to the dying. And they have a miraculous recovery. Sometimes to the living and the dying. To comfort the person who's at the bedside of a dying loved one. And to the loved one who's dying in the hospital bed or the, the hospice bed at home. Bringing them comfort knowing that they're going home to be with their loved ones. They're there 
all the time with people who have car accidents, surgeries, illnesses, falling out of trees, falling off of buildings, falling off of rooftops, uh, you know, children having conversations with imaginary friends and then telling their parents, oh, you know, that's just my angel, that, you know, my guardian angel. They literally seem to be everywhere all the time. But do we have eyes to see? Do we have the ears to hear? Do we have the faith to understand and know that the angels truly do hold us in their hands? I'm Paul James Caden. I thank you for listening to the show today. I hope you enjoyed uh, the conversation. This was more just casual, kickback, fireside chat about you know, these these wonderful encounters that people have with these angelic beings. And it is just, again, so comforting and faith-inspiring. And I hope uh, you'll go out and listen to some of these uh, in- encounters on the internet or read them in a book. They really will inspire you. And they really will help you to take your attention away from all of this noise and static that's happening in our world right now and see the light and the goodness and the love and the miracles that are beyond this material realm that we currently exist in. Stay safe and well out there, everybody. Walk with the angels, look for the angels, and I'll talk to you next time here on The Infinite Journey.